Broadcasting from Hollywood, it's the official On Air with Brandon J podcast. Here we go. Go. Hey everyone, welcome to On Air with Brandon Jam. Brandon, I'm joined by special guest today, Bayon Junum, behind the hit docuseries on Vice TV. You know it as QAnon, The Search for Q. Bayon, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Brandon. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know season two just, just launched and... Uh, you know, for all of those that don't know, you know, we live, we're living in America, right? But there's some that aren't living in America. What is QAnon? Absolutely. So QAnon is a far right conspiracy that grew out of 8chan, which is a message board on the internet. And it, we saw over the pandemic how it grew from being in these kind of anonymous message boards into mainstream politics. There were, uh, Congress people being elected who held and signaled that they supported QAnon. So my co-host Marley and I figured we should take a look at what what it's all about. How did you and, uh, and Marley meet? Oh, man, that is a great story. We actually met at the Brookings Institution in Washington, D.C., which is a think tank. And um, I was a producer at the time. I was helping them reshape their workflow to deliver daily content for YouTube. And Marley worked on the third floor as a, uh, I think, uh, one of the comms team, somebody who was on the comms team. So we were regularly in touch, you know, passing back and forth uh, scripts and content ideas. And that's how we met in DC. That is super cool. And, you know, when I was watching the first season, I remember when you guys arrived in DC and I think, and correct me if I'm not wrong, you guys were interviewing a motivational speaker. I think her name was Kelly, the blonde girl. I can't remember her oh, full yeah. name. And, uh, you know, just seeing, you know, how DC was all boarded up. I remember LA and the riots and everything. It, it was just crazy. I, what was your, your first thoughts as you guys witnessed what was going on in DC? Yeah, I think, you know, that was at this very particular, unique time that we're all familiar with where everybody was on lockdown so a lot of streets uh were just empty and but suddenly in, i think the summer of 2020 we saw a shift where activism became something that you know on both sides of the political aisle people were coming out and showing their support for what they believed in and among that group you started to see you know the letter q everywhere uh, especially in Trump rallies, especially in like rallies that focused on, you know, Republican, uh, Republican Party and the far, ex the extreme contingent of that. And so going to D.C. in what was going to be the final weeks of the White House, uh, of Trump's White House, and seeing the supporters who marshaled, you referred to Kelly, who was, you know, someone we just met outside of the White House who is just there, you know, sign holding and showing support. And sure enough, like, you know, what's estimated to be 10 to 15% of the country held similar beliefs to QAnon, which is there is a cabal of child sex trafficking elites um, who are secretly ruling the world and government. And, you know, I think that type of 
ideology, you can really trace a genesis to things like QAnon for popularizing and having people focus, you know, their attention on and then proclaim that, you know, Donald Trump is the Messiah. Donald Trump is the only solution to this, which is, you know, when you get into that land of, I think, extremism in politics. That's far from the truth. It, it takes a team, an army, you know, and, and something I was going to ask you. Okay. So this is a brilliant, you know, four-part series that you guys put together. What are some of the questions that are going to arise here in season two? That's a great question because, you know, Q disappeared for 18 months after right after January 6th, right after the insurrection. Right. And so the question that we asked leading into this was what happened to the 30 million plus Anons, the people who identified as supporters of Q after Q disappeared, after they no longer had the anonymous digital profit to rally around, who filled that vacuum? And so that was really the launch of, you know, season two uh, in this kind of post-insurrection world where most of these Anons, you know, were kicked off of uh, social media for posting Q-related content. Well, there's, so, been a, there's been a lot of speculation about a lot of things. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, is he a part of this whole QAnon thing? And no, he's no longer with us. But after what happened with, you know, Maxine and, and all of these different things, it's very interesting. It 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 creates this this curiosity, and I know you you mm. can you can probably relate. Like, okay, well, how did this start? Where did all these people go? There's this there's this huge hashtag "Save Our Children" everywhere. Uh, if you've lived in Los Angeles like I have, you know, you go up and down Sunset, you see these people carrying these huge banners, "Save Our Children." You know, it, it's it's got to be surreal. Those are really the umbrellas that we look at, you know, in season two as like this, you know, more or less unified group under Q starts to factionalize around three main conspiracies. One of them, you noted, Save Our Children, which I want to note that there are actual child sex trafficking issues. You noted you noted Jeffrey Epstein, which is an issue. And I think something that really ignited, you know, th there's always a grain of truth. Uh, in which a lot of these conspiracies are built, right? That it can be true that Epstein is a monster, but that doesn't make it true that there is some organized cabal of elite people who are controlling the weather and the world, right? There's like this leap right. that uh, people who follow QAnon take from looking at something like Jeffrey Epstein, which was an atrocity, and then implying that, therefore, you know, Bill Gates is now a Satanist who participates in Satanic rituals and has created this vaccine as a tool of genocide. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you start to see how you take this grain of truth and you use people's, I think, inherent bias in a time when there is so much inequality and especially um, along lines of economics and wealth. And then you're able to create this like villain of, you know, elite people um, who most Americans don't really know. And then, you know, from there, it kind of can cascade into a political movement um, that is based on those grievances. And that's what, what we really that see in movie years ago. What was it with uh, starring Mel Gibson? Was it conspiracy theorist? 
oh, I don't know, but Mel Gibson movies are very popular with this crowd. So like yeah, they Patriot, are. <laughs> the film The Patriot is a real, you see a lot of memes on these message boards referring to The Patriot and especially that uh, him grabbing the American flag and running through the uh, British Army. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Bayad, what are some of the uh, the new upcoming projects you and your uh, production team are working on right now? Oh, that's a fun question, actually. Um, so one has to be announced, but it's going to be based in Atlanta um, about a very popular club um, that was really at the center of hip hop and music culture um, over the last few decades in a way that like, if you don't know, this documentary will make sure, you know, I think um, that club is talked about in in a uh, in a TV series, Buckhead Shores, Magic City. I'm going to try to pull it out. of here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because I, you know, personally, I grew up in my hometown of Columbia, South Carolina, and literally three and a half hours away from Atlanta and so many artists have been birthed out of atl and now atlanta has turned into the new hollywood per se as critics say because like uh the coming home to america film the second the, the sequel was filmed in at teller perry's new studio that he built in atlanta so can you see uh hollywood migrating to atlanta more and more it's a good question you know and i'm not a native to atlanta um, I'm learning as this project continues forward and I have a deep connection to the music that has come out of Atlanta. So I'm really enjoying kind of reliving a lot of those moments through the music and learning about their genesis through this club. Um, I really do though think that there is that energy of Hollywood, I think is always looking at different pockets of the country to emulate and elevate. And I think Atlanta has been a place that I think for a long time, Hollywood has been pulling inspiration from and finding ways to, you know, seduce artists to come over to, to the West Coast. And I think now what we're seeing is a shift in the music industry and the film industry at large, which empowers artists to really be their own business, be their own entrepreneur. And so I think you see in Atlanta and Georgia, largely speaking, a number of these studios, some like you mentioned, that are just making it very attractive to make stuff in Atlanta and, and in Georgia more broadly. And when I go there, I understand Southern hospitality is a real thing. I love I love Georgia. I love Atlanta. And for all of those filmmakers out there, you slap that Georgia peach filmed in Georgia and, and those tax credits just just show up and they're really uh what is the word they're really easy to work with per se they're they're more flexible let's let's just put it that way so very cool what is some advice you have Bayan, uh for those aspiring filmmakers out there that really want to make a name for themselves film everything just go out and even if you don't have an idea that's solidified I think oftentimes if you are waiting for like that permission or that moment where you feel prepared in the field of documentary, I think part of the beauty of it is actually the search for the story itself and, and bringing audiences along on that journey. Um, 
And that's what people want uh, now, especially where the fourth wall of media, the relationship between the filmmaker and the audience can be more centered um, and as part of the story. So find stories that are authentic to you, stories that only you could really tell and just go and start filming it. Um, you know, I think QAnon is one of those interesting things that like, it certainly wasn't a story that only I could tell. And there's been so many people to tell the story. But when I looked at the landscape of storytelling in that space, I didn't see a lot of content that really aimed at trying to genuinely understand what draws people to believe things that just on their face seem outlandish. And what you you know what's interesting about that and i have to add you are so right on the money with that statement social media has has influenced and impacted our perception of reality and our attention spans have gone down the toilet with the phones the smartphones the iphone the samsung galaxies things like that but social media has created this this pocket of perception because like i just did an interview and I got so much uh, hate mail via Twitter, right? And I'm not even a, really a fan of Twitter. I was one of the first people to join Twitter years ago, but I haven't really used it because I've, I've found myself more engaging with my audience with Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and even TikTok. And it's just interesting to see how perception can, that that picture of perception can be painted as a false narrative, right? Uh on social media. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, social media has also trained us to kind of like look for the most outrageous thing um, and, you know, elevate that thing. So I think, you know, to, to that point, it's really about knowing that people also want more than what they're getting on like social media when it comes to those short bursts of outrage. People do like content that is uh, a deep dive i call it you know shallow and broad and then there's narrow and deep right and shallow and broad works right a lot of things that give you a primer i think a lot of youtube has that like utilitarian sense of like it's teaching you how to do this thing you know and then you have this narrow and deep perspective that is more about like honing in on a specific thing and like i think about that meme with like you know charlie from it's always sunny in philadelphia where he's like got all the red you know, things connected to like Carol, the post post office person or Carol who's missing from accounting. And I, I get a kick out of those type of investigations, right? Like I like going, you know, six hours deep into one specific subject matter to try to learn about it. And so I think always understanding that human curiosity or like our curiosity comes down to like the emotional um engagement that you can create in that process and i think as a filmmaker right like who never really considered myself as like somebody on screen i've been making films and stuff for 15 years never in that time did i actually think about hosting until vice uh gave us the opportunity and then i thought cool like how can i use this as a way for the audience to connect with my journey through this rabbit hole um of conspiracy that is you know it's emotional at times it's confrontational it's hostile it's outrageous it's 
funny at times. Um, right. And I think you feel that through, you know, Marley and I experiencing it, you know, firsthand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, Leading into uh, what I'm going to let you guys know, Bion and the, the wonderful folks at Vice have been awesome and courteous to allow us to, to air the trailer here on Honor with Brandon J to give you guys a sneak peek of QAnon, uh, the search for Q. And All new content. This is season two uh, special, which is airing every Wednesday on Vice TV at 10 o'clock. The story of QAnon. You think Q will ever come back? Q what? <laughs> Isn't over. The main name is Mike Flynn. I actually think he's an enemy to this country. Do you believe the violence on January 6th was justified morally? Take the stuff. The conspiracy grows. It's not a vaccine, it's a bioweapon. The real search for answers. I think America's heading towards a civil war. I was in the Oval Office meeting, I know the whole story. Is just beginning. QAnon. The search for Q. All right, welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed the trailer. Bayon, you guys got some incredible footage and just genius in being able to document everything that you've seen. It really makes us question what is a reality and what isn't mm. a reality. So this leads me into my next question. I was watching the podcast interview with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience with Mark Zuckerberg, our faithful leader with Meta formerly Facebook Inc. And my question is, do you think that we're going to reach a reality with Oculus and VR, right? To where these types of interviews are going to become null and void because we're going to have this, this need and this desire to do everything in the virtual reality world. My personal opinion. Yes. I do think that interviews like this, rather than happening through like a video chat, will be through a more immersive experience because that's just how technology goes. Like we want connection. We want the things that uh, are hard to pick up through, you know, you don't know what's happening like from the chest down and you have that feeling, right? When you meet someone in person that you've been video calling for a year and you're like, wait a second, like your height's different than I think. And it's I'm interesting. a nervous wreck right now. I'm sweating. I'm I'm trembling. I don't know what to ask you. No, I'm kidding. But I know, no, exactly but it's like it's mean. interesting because I've definitely noticed that on set, especially, right? Is like you've worked in a virtual setting and then you like meet them in person. And even though you've seen their face for the last eight, 12 weeks, you're like, wow, it's it's like meeting you again for the first time. And I think what's interesting about like having an avatar that exists in a metaverse, um, they can look as much or as little like you as someone would desire, right? You could portray yourself or represent yourself as, you know, if you really like pandas, you could be a panda, right? Like all of these options open up that almost make some of the more superficial ways that we create judgments about each other irrelevant, which I love that. I think that's actually like a positive that can have a positive impact on society um, if we're interacting with each other based on more of our ideas and less about like the judgments we may make about each other's appearances. Um, so I think in in that sense, I do think that, yeah, it's inevitable technologically that we will normalize VR and metaverse-based interactions. Um, and I think that we have to always remember to put people at the center of that. Um, and ask ourselves, 
how is this actually making our lives better? Um, and it's funny you ask because I wor I'm working on another project right now that does take a deep dive into the metaverse and dating in the metaverse. And it's, it's incredible what's already possible. Already the ability to create a profound connection, even a love connection, we can do online through, you know, uh, today. And I think that's worth considering when we ask ourselves if the metaverse is going to happen. I think it's more of a question of, well, when? When, right, right. Absolutely. Could not say it any better. Bayan, if anyone wants to see all of these projects, right? We know QAnon, the search for Q season two is airing on Vice Media, but where can people go to see these new upcoming projects you're working on? My Instagram, Bayan Junam, you can follow me there. Um, I like Instagram as a medium. You know, I love sharing images of what I'm working on through the stories, just those little snippets of the behind the scenes moments as projects come together. So especially if you love filmmaking, the process of documentary filmmaking, um, and just want to see some cool, cool people making great work, come on over to my Instagram page. Very cool. Bayan, thank you so much for being a special guest today here on On Air with Brandon J. Congrats on all of the success, right, with QAnon, the search for Q. Uh, congrats on the new projects. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in the metaverse, and I'll see you in time very soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Brandon. Bayan Junum, special guest here on On Air with Brandon J. I'm Brandon. We'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Hi, I'm Adele. I love playing live. I love the rush. I like feeling at home. I feel really at home on stage. I like people leaving my gig being really pleased. Hey, y'all, it's Chloe. Hi, this is Chris from Coldplay. It's Doja Cat. Hey, what's up? This is Dave from Glass Animals. Hey, what's up? It's J Balbin. Hey, it's Billie Eilish. What's good? It's Lady Gaga. Hi, it's BTS. What's good, everybody? It's Bozzy. Hi, this is Brandon, and you are tuning in to On Air with Brandon J right here on iHeartRadio. With the Levi's yeah. Gucci slides on the street But the street lies uh -huh. Prayers up But the prayer never replies The goal is making it up He's turning to Tom Ford okay. Smart Cielago With the butterfly doors yeah. When to see their jaws Drop to the floor Make a call And it's yours We can buy out the store Put the worries on hold We can leave them In the place close To what their mistakes does We can leave alone In the basement I'm days in amazement Tasting your fragrance The autumn Mars obsolete Don't wanna think about Where the days went Each Everybody dare me, used to know the scared me I'm not living scared 
anymore Pick my sound from the ground, not compared anymore I used to ask if I could take off the mask If the man in the past would be proud of where I'm at Now I know, I'm dreaming of selling out arenas Now that people streaming won't be long Until I'm singing to my fans in the front row All it took was a chance, taking destiny to dance The rest of it wasn't planned Now we laying in the sand, yeah Now we laying in the sand, yeah If you have not followed me on social media, make sure you follow me on all social media at I am Brandon J. And if we are not connected on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Brandon J. Each episode, we're going to feature brand new content with purpose behind it. News from Hollywood execs, artists, talent, entertainment news you name it all things hollywood right here on on air with brandon J. thank you for tuning in to on air with brandon J. follow on instagram at i am brandon J.